The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, small steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here, and this is my podcast. Welcome, one and all. If you're just joining me, if you've been here before, if you have literally not gotten up off a chair since the last week's episode and you just said, I'm just going to sit here until the next one comes, I'm not going to go anywhere. I think that's an excellent move by you. It's a great small step. You've totally got the concept. Honestly, you don't even need to listen anymore. I mean, you got it. That's just sitting in a chair. That's my, that's my, that's moving on. But in all seriousness, welcome, in all seriousness, welcome, you guys. Rough start. And I got to tell you, like every week I go, okay, I'm going to start this podcast and just take one, just out of the chute, boom. And and this week, again, just sat down. I was like, okay, I got it. I'm focused. I did some breathing. I'm kind of ready. I got a cup of my Moroccan mint tea. I am ready to just out of the chute, no take two, and take seven. It just derailed. And I just thought, okay, I'm not trying anymore. I'm not trying. What I'm going to try to do is have a successful podcast, but the whole like one take thing, it's just a game I play and lose every week. So, anyhow, I'm glad you are here. Uh, if you guys don't know about me, SidGarzaHillman.com, that's where you can find stuff out. Here's my great social media announcement. And this is what I changed like on the in the show notes of my YouTube channel. It just says website, Sid Garza Hillman, all other stuff at Sid Garza Hillman. That's in the in the write up. I'm gonna change the title card to, to reflect that. I'm just late more on social media and kind of that whole thing in a few minutes. But but that's just kind of like if you wanna find me anywhere else, it's all Sid Garza Hillman. Easy peasy, right? Uh, yes, I did a, a, a meal plan with Health Made Simple, uh, called Health Made Simple with Matt Frazier, the No Meat Athlete. And uh, that's at nomeatathlete.com slash meal dash plan dash system. No big sell here, you guys. Go If you want to get into a meal plan and learn how to small step your way to healthy eating, go there, read all about it. If you have any questions, email. Uh, I think her name, uh, I think the email is like Esther. She's she's our, our assistant and, she, and, Matt, and my, Matt and my assistant for Health Made Simple. She feels the questions and she'll answer everything or pass it on to one of us if you have any other questions. But there's live Q&As and all sorts of cool stuff. Dig? Okay. Thank you, guys. Uh, Sincere thanks. Some more donations came in. It's big time. I am deep, deep in the book. Uh, Deep in the book. Like, it's it's rolling. I'll discuss it a little bit more in a few minutes because I had a really good weekend, finally, and I've been writing this thing for, like, almost two months now. But I'm... Knock on wood. I'm just kind of hitting my... I'm hitting my stride a little bit. Thank you. Uh, I run the Wellness Center at the Stanford Inn, and there's a cool uh, cooking little add-on package that's happening right now. A mother and a daughter are there doing it together. Very fun. I taught them nutrition today. Lovely couple people. Really cool. That makes a difference, right? I mean, I'll do it either way. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when they're actually fun to hang out with. And I got to tell you, like most people end up being really fun to hang out with. And if they're not, I just beat them into submission until they are. I mean, there's some people who walk in the door and they don't want to, they've been dragged there against their will. Those are my favorite. Usually it's a husband. Just, 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 it's like he's got, it, it, there's a figurative leash and the wife just pull, just pulling him. Get your ass in here now. And as soon as that happens, I see the scowl because he just wants to be outside doing something else, anything, literally any, just anything else but where he is. And I'm going, that challenge accepted. 
I will try to break that guy down. That's my goal is to break that guy down. I don't think I've ever, in as long as I've done this, this is not me being sexist because the fact is, I don't think not one time has it ever been the woman who didn't want to be there. Go figure that one out, social scientists, because I don't know. What? Women are smarter? Yeah, because, yes. Okay, good. Um, mm. That's just a reality. I'm not even like generalizing. It's just a fact. Like always, it's like if there's a, a resistance, it's the husband just sitting, looking at me like, you son of a bitch. How dare you often offer stuff that I got to get dragged to? And then I just gain, and then I just teach him. I just ignore the wife and just 100% just to beat him down until he just relents. Okay. Yeah. You can go to my website and get a free chapter of my book by putting your email address in. <sighs> And also find out what I do. Um, Nutty Nut Nut shirts still rolling. I may be sold out of one of the sizes. Uh, I think I have like one small left. That, that thing sold great. I couldn't be happier. I could probably be happier. I mean, if it sold like, like a thousands of thousands, I'd probably be happier than this, I guess. I don't know. But it sold really, really well. I'll put it that way. And so I'm going to be ordering some more. But don't, don't, you don't sweat that. I'm thinking out loud. Just order if you want to. Just new order came in today. That's why I'm talking about it. Nutty Nut Nut shirts, approaching the natural mugs, custom signed books. That's partly how I make a living, you guys, is selling that stuff. And by the fact that you guys are so generous that you donate to the podcast, I got a few more donations. Huge. That's why I mentioned the book because it's uh, helpful to me to have a little bit of income as I'm like turning down other things during this process. Okay. Because I just need to like, I just called a deadline. I think I talked last, I know that I did. Um, talked about the book cover and so so super cool because it was really kind of stressing me out and the, the designer that works for the publisher just kind of jumped in courageously without really knowing much about me in terms of like where the books the direction of the book and and so there was some title changes and and just it just wasn't hitting me and it was like I almost named this this um episode you you you, you just know it. That was what I think it was called. You just know it. And it's like with titles, I don't, and, and, and covers, I don't go like, what's the best marketing plan? Is this going to attract them? I think like, does this represent? And I, you just kind of know it, like you know it. And it wasn't happening. And it was stressing me out because it wasn't happening. And I didn't know how to fix it. So I just called him. I said, let's have a conversation. I'll tell you what the book is. Because he doesn't have the book. Because you know why? It's not written. That's why. Nobody has the book. It ain't written yet. But I said, here's here's the deal. Like, this is the thing. And he had a great idea. He's like, go on Amazon and pick out like five covers that you like. Not that you want your cover to look like, but that that like sort of catch the same vibe. Like the same, just like whatever it is you're going for, find covers that kind of have the basic idea look. It could, could be completely different from what your your cover looks like at the end of the day, but just kind of that that energy of it. So I sent him like 10. I just went, I scoured just Amazon, just boom, boom, and and found some cool book covers that were just kind of weird and just just like fit. And I sent those to him and he sent me back a series of covers and one of them was like, was like 99% there. Unbelievable. So, uh, right? I want it to be right, but I don't want to go nutty, nut, nut in a bad way about it. I want the book to come out. Talked about it last week. I don't want to mix this song until it never gets released. Okay, at some point, I'm going to pull the trigger. But I think I have, so that's good news, right? Okay. Anyway, so thank you to everybody who's donated during the process. Boom. 
Marshall, Texas is coming up in because um, it's almost March. And so March 31st, I think I fly out on the 30th. I speak, I believe, three times on the big stage Friday night, like a TED Talk style thing. I don't even know how many minutes. I might even get like eight minutes or nine minutes. Uh. If you guys know like the McDougal, like John McDougal, I don't mention that I have, I'm not, I'll just diplomacy, be diplomatic, Sid. Uh, John McDougal is going to be there and his son and wife. And there's three McDougals on one stage. That's the sell point. Anyway, I'm going to be chairing the stage. So there's really like four McDougals if you consider that my last name is also McDougal. I'll be in New York City. I don't know. It's I'll be in New York City uh, for the New York City Veg Food Fest. Love them a lot uh, and love the, the Marshall, Texas people too, by the way. That's healthfest.com, sure. Um, NYC Veg Food Fest in May, and I'm speaking on the 21st, I believe, and then I'll be in Durham, North Carolina uh, in August. Okay, so there's there we are, March, May, and August, well-spaced, well-spaced. Okay, I did get, I, I talked to you guys last week how I was, you know, doing the podcast early so that um, I could go on vacation and not have to worry about that. That turned out to be a great move because electricity was going on and off. Throughout our whole trip, uh, the vacation, which was four days, three days, really, like three days, and then travel on each end. Um, so th it was a three-day vacation. Let's put it that way. Uh, kind of a bust. Kind of a bust. You know, like not a bust. I wasn't like destitute. You know, we it was fine. But we had we have kids, and, and a friend came along, and uh, they had more snow in this area, which was like Soda Springs, Sugar Bowl, if you guys are familiar with that area, Donner Pass, um, and more snow than they've had in I don't even know how long. It was, I've never, I have been in snow my entire life. I've never seen this much snow. It was nonstop. We couldn't, the first day we said, okay, we got to get out of the house. So we got in the car, had chains on it, drove about 50, maybe 75 feet, no exaggeration here. And just Lisa and I looked at each other and I was like, I can't negotiate this. Like the roads were not groomed. They were, they, I guess the plowing, like they couldn't get in, get on top of it. Turned, backed up, didn't even turn around. Couldn't even turn around. I would have gotten stuck. Backed up into the driveway. Kids back inside. Next day, another quarter, got a quarter mile because they had plowed some roads. Got to a little general store. Went in there to ask questions. They have no electricity. They're in the dark, cash only. We turn around and go back home. Third day, sign up for tubing on a website. There was one place open. All the other resorts are shut down with no electricity. This one place is open. We show up there. They hadn't updated their website. Sorry, we're closed. Kids out of the car, standing there, just destitute. They they weren't really, but you know what I'm saying? Um, Very hard as a parent to just be like, ah. So we were going a little sure crazy, and I really wanted the kids. They were so excited. We bought sleds. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't even sled. The powder was so thick and soft and fluffy and gorgeous, frankly, but you can't sled on it. It was so sad. What I did do there, however, besides drink a fair amount of coffee, Remember how I said last week I was going to bring my coffee maker? Couldn't. I talked about it in one of the videos. Couldn't do it. We were full. The van was so full that we, I'm not joking, could not fit that coffee maker. If you had seen the van, it was it was like, I don't know what it was like, just cl circus clowns piled into a VW bug. That was the stuff that we brought. And I don't even know how that happened. But I couldn't bring my coffee maker. So there I walked in and sure enough, freaking Mr. Coffee. 
And it wasn't horrible, but it was kind of a bummer. But we we definitely put that thing through the ringer. I mean, that thing got tested. It's it's it just ran an ultra marathon. That Mr. Coffee is now an ultra marathoner. It's just like, are you gonna make me do this again? Some some single malt, some wine. We weren't drinking all the time, but it was stuck in a cabin. And you're looking out at your 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 little trees there. Beautiful. But then three days later, it's just like, can this that's would be good to get out of the house. We'd be nice if we could do that. But what I did do, you guys, is put my cold therapy to the test. This was interesting uh, for me because I was a little bit nervous. I was like, okay, I've been doing cold showers, haven't missed a day. That's been going really well. My breathing, all good. But when push comes to shove, and you're talking about cold therapy, there's a cold shower, which is which is... It's not it's not nothing. I live up here and I'm on a well and it's been in the 30s at night. So the the water's not warm. Like the cold water is cold. It's cold. It's, you know, 4 months ago, 5 months ago it would have made me shiver and just, you know, do that. <sighs> I mean, that's how cold it is, but now I go in and I'm calm and the whole thing. So fine. But then there's snow, right? So balcony of this place, of this cabin we rented full of snow. And I go out there in my underwear only, no shoes, no shirt, no service, um, no pants, underwear, right? The first time I went out was for about four minutes. I had my my daughter, my twin daughter, uh, who's eight, time me. And she kind of called out like one minute. And I, my goal was to do like two minutes, two, three minutes maybe. And I mean feet in the snow, bare feet in the snow. And I'm doing my breathing. I make it four minutes. Pretty cool. First day, right? I also look up during this kind of breathing thing you do, and there's my daughter, my oldest daughter, 12, and her friend, also, well, 13, just looking at me. Just what the, and the what? Turn around, go back in. Next day, at night, everyone went to bed, didn't want to scare the neighbors this time. Six minutes. Boom. Third night, over 10 minutes. Over 10 minutes. And the third night was the coldest. It was below 20, snowing, windy, and I'm in snow up to my calves. I'm standing in snow up to my calves, and I am outside 10 minutes doing my breathing and fine, fine, fit as a fiddle, fit as a fiddle. And I have known a few fiddles in my time, and they are all fit. Have you ever heard of known as that? Tell me if you've ever seen a fat fiddle. You haven't. So that was my little experiment, and I felt pretty darn good about that. And um, I don't know why. I mean, it's not like I've, that's not been my lifelong goal, but there's a certain strength associated with cold therapy. There's definitely the health benefits I've talked about. Um, and, and so I'm continuing that back, but it was kind of cool to be like, all right, push, let's put this stuff into practice and see what happens. And it was cool. Okay. So moving on, uh, what else? What else have going on? Uh, YouTube. I'm doing one a week, although because I had nothing much else to do while on vacation, I, sh I did two that week. Um, one of them is called, What Do I Think About Social Media? Which I'm going to talk about next. And one of them is called, I'm Still Here. And it, it, I did address sort of why I stand in the snow. It's weird for people, and I know that it's weird for people. And they may go, why the hell would you do that? I have a few reasons. This is called Approaching the Natural. This podcast, I think you know that my book is called "Approaching the Natural." the The idea is that the more you know, if you're just joining me, the more natural of things we include in our in our very unnatural lives, the better we do. Not not all the way, just whatever you can bring into your life that is a little more natural. In by degrees, the better you do. The more you do that, the better you do. Is there a point at which you can't become 
fully natural in the modern world? Yes. And if you try it at that point to continue, you become inauthentic and you're faking it, basically. You're like, I'm all natural. I... It's sort of like the monk who's like all spiritual, but then eats stuff that people bring to the monk. That's like chicken fried steak. The monk eats it because yeah, you're so spiritual, but you still got to eat. And so somebody else is cooking your damn food for you. So where 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 where's what's going on there? Okay, don't can you guys not get me started? I'm just saying there's a point at which there's an integration in our lives. There's a uh, uh, an acknowledgement that we live an unnatural existence and let's do the best we can within that and let's try not to fake that we are somehow outside of this world that we're living in and who knows what happens when we die who knows don't know frankly right now don't care i want to live this life as best i can i want to know how to do that better i want to help you guys do that better so we can eke out a life that we enjoy in the meantime and that's the goal here. So anyway, the back to the sort of YouTube, not sort of, sort of, uh, back to the YouTube video, I'm still here. The little challenges that I do like the few minutes in cold therapy, this is not an hours kind of thing. Like everyone went to bed, Lisa was hanging out, having a cup of tea. I said, I'm just going to jump out there real quick, came back in and drank some tea and hung out for the rest of the night. It wasn't, you know, it's not prohibitive to me doing anything else, but it's a little just just engagement it's just it's a check-in it's it is the running it is the ultra marathoning it is the breathing it is these kind of little challenges that i'm a huge fan of that don't displace the rest of your life they don't push everything out but they do create little mini check-ins of saying i'm here am i here am i still here Good. I'm not lost. I haven't gotten lost. I'm not off in the just boondocks of of my life and just completely disconnected. Am I still around here? Good. Okay. Cool. Let me get reengage. Those are those are what those moments are that I talk about all the time, like a broken record, right? Because I do think this is what we got. Most of us just don't have. I don't have the time or the resources, frankly, to go to some like Wim Hof retreat in and climbing Kilimanjaro. I, he does that with people. I don't have the resources to do that, nor do I, I frankly, I don't want to. I don't want to leave my family for seven days to go climb Kilimanjaro. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not my bag. But I do want to say, okay, well, if I can't do that, what can I do day to day that engages me in my life that says, can I check in more? Can I can I remember who I am moment to moment? And that that's, of course, you guys who have been here before, that's the small steppers way, right? These finding these moments where you check in. And sometimes those moments are challenges, you know? And I think every small step's a challenge, frankly. Like every just just engaging and taking one deep breath, that's a challenge. You know why? It's hard for people to do. It is a check-in to that reminds you that you're still here. And it's and it's not, it's much easier said than done. You know, oh, one deep breath. I can pull that off. Okay, watch what happens when you decide to do that, but don't write it down and don't remind yourself. Your day flies by, and then all of a sudden, you haven't checked in. Interesting thing happened to me today. Uh, I was at the bank. End of story. I'm just kidding. That, that wasn't the interesting thing. Sometimes at the inn, uh, if they're short-staffed or something, they'll ask, can somebody do the bank and mail? And you go in town, and you pick up the mail from the mail. It's very, like, small town, like Mendocino... I've showed it on my on my YouTube on my some of my videos before. Like the post office is great. Like there's never anybody there. It's 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 like full small town. Anyway, so you pick up the mail and then you go to the bank and you do the deposits from the day before. Blah blah blah. But 
there was a lot. This is today's Monday. And so, you know, all the financial stuff over the weekend has been piling up. And Monday you go and you spend 20 minutes at the post at the bank. Like it's just what it is. So I'm standing there and I've got my phone, of course. And my inclination, my, I dare I say, reflex, because it's like that, was just, okay, I'm waiting. There's nothing I can do. I hand them everything and I'm standing there 20 minutes and the phone comes out. And I, and I had this moment where, like, consciously, I just said, I'm not going to check my phone. More on this in a second, because there's actually not much for me to check on my phone because of what I've done recently. But I just, I just put it back in my pocket, and I just did nothing external anyway. I did nothing external. And I had 20 minutes to think about stuff. I mean, it was, like, as busy as I am... I, I, and I've said this to you guys and my clients, never have I met somebody who doesn't have moments. Never in my life have I ever met somebody, and I'm damn busy. I'm busier than most people, not than any everybody, but I'm in the upper echelon of busy. If you guys know what I do and you watch my YouTube channel with the family life and my work and the book and the podcast and the videos, I'm busy. And yet here I am 20 minutes that I was going to fill with crap with just nothing useful at all, my phone, and I said, no, I'm not going to, and I just contemplated, I just thought for 20, like, basically 20 minutes, like it was until the teller next door who knows me, and then he started telling me stories about some other, but there was that moment, I had that moment, it was pretty, pretty great, it's there, it wasn't I didn't have anything better to do. Isn't that the sort of the mark of the your actions? Like, was there something better that I could be doing with my time? No. Didn't have my laptop. Couldn't write my book. I mean, it was like I didn't even... It was like this was the best I could do. Literally the best I could do. And it was awesome. So just putting it out there. One of the things that... Um, that I do, and I, I haven't really talked about this too much, but I'm I'm very exciting news about my um my the company that I started, which is uh, a subscription based thing. It's a 12 week. You're in, you're out, you're done. You're not hooked on anything. It's just boom, um, and it's a small steppers thing. It's my thing, right? I'm teaching people the system over three months. What it is, but um, one of the things that you get is you know emails every day, and one of those emails is like, don't do anything, don't do anything, don't enact any steps today or actions today, except to just look where you could. Look at you, and this is what I'm asking you guys to do this week. Look at your days and just say, I could probably be thinking right now. I could probably be doing push-ups here. There's a few minutes right there. I could be writing in my journal here. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna right now, but I could, I could. It might blow your mind to see how many moments you have throughout your day that you didn't even think as you define, as you describe yourself, I'm so busy. I mean, I don't have time to exercise, eat well, whatever that is, right? But maybe you do. And one thing's going to know is not put pressure on yourself to act. Don't do that. That's not going to do anybody any good at all. But what you could do is kind of just take a look. And may, if you feel like writing it down, just go, yeah, I notice when I walk in from the office or when I notice when, I, when I'm standing waiting for my laundry to dry, I usually just, you know, play freaking, you know, Tetris. And instead, I can pay still play Tetris, but maybe for the first two minutes, I just kind of stop and just, and do nothing. And here I am standing in a bank and just having a moment of just paradise. 
and I actually don't, that's not like the overused word of paradise. To me, that's paradise. To me, having that, those minutes is, is bliss. It really, really is because what it does so much for the rest of my life and the rest of my day, and here I'm talking about it now, it's like it's real, it's happening, it's cool, okay? Ooh. So what did I do with my phone? I have been uh, really on the, I think I might have talked about this a week. I don't know if I talked about it last week. I will tell you that I've been really on the fence about social media for a long, long time. It is... Um, one of these things that I that I grapple with, here's the, the short story of my social media foray. Uh, not George Foray. Do you guys know that reference? Green Card? Really? Green Card? One of the best movies ever, ever, ever? Gerard Depardieu? Andy McDowell? No? Green Card? Peter Weir, director. Go rent it. Immediately stop this podcast. This podcast has nothing... On Green Card, far better podcast than what I do right now. Green Card, great, go go run it. Okay, my foray into social media was doing almost nothing at all as I'm writing my first book, Approaching the Natural Health Manifesto. Here I am typing away, and I'm writing, and it's I've got a publisher, and I'm all excited about it, and I think naively it's going to just magically get into everybody's hands in the world and and that's what that is and uh rich roll was like you're contacting bloggers right to like promote yourself and i'm like what you know you're you're setting up your own readings right and i was like no you know like just freaking out like oh my gosh so the book comes out rich has that conversation with me and says you essentially get off your freaking ass because nobody else is going to do that for you and he was right. And and it's nobody's bad. It's just the way that it goes. It's fine. He had to do it, by the way. And he was on a publisher 50 times the size of my publisher. So I went, uh-oh. Um, and so so uh, there I am. And I've got people going, okay, are you on social media? 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 You should really be on social media. You should really be on social media. Are you on Twitter? Are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? Are you on Facebook? How much are you posting? So there I go, not knowing stuff. I just do it. And I get on Twitter and I get on Facebook and I start to, 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 to tweet and to Facebook. And it's not a bad thing. There's no judgment here. But I have been in conflict about this. And not because I think those things are bad, but because I, I, when, I, when I do them because I want to do them, great. If I have something to share that I really want to share, fantastic. When I share because I think I should be sharing because good for my career and because that's when I don't like, I don't like it. And, and, and so I've had this moment where I'm like looking back and I'm like, has, what has it done? I don't know what it's done. Maybe some people listening to this found me via social media. I don't know. Maybe my guess is that probably most people found me in the podcast because I spoke at a, at a veg fest, because a friend of theirs said you should listen to this podcast. YouTube, same thing. It's work. It's creation. It's cre creation. It's creation. It's creativity. It's, it's, it's tangible. And it's something out there and people find it. And then they go, hey, you should watch this guy's videos. I'm assuming, I'm making an assumption. I'm assuming that that's probably the way that it happens more than somebody... Uh, being happening to be on Twitter at the time that I tweet something, which has been very, very long time. It's been a long time since I've tweeted something. Um, what I will do is share my video when it comes out on Facebook and Twitter. Like I just kind of do that share thing. It sends out, it's like, boom, it's out there. Here's the work. Here you go. But I just have never been somebody who digs the kind of like, here I am at the mall 
kind of kind of thing. And again, no judgment. It's just not my bag. When when this finally came to a a head was as I'm writing my book, and I talked about this is the d- level of distraction was disconcerting. I'm writing. I'm sitting down writing my book, and I'm I'm distracted, and I am checking Twitter. I never check Twitter, but for some reason, I'm writing my book. And I'm checking Twitter. Five minutes, boom. I'm checking Twitter, Facebook, boom, boom, boom. That bothered me. One time on YouTube, um, I'm 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 writing my my book. I get distracted. I go to YouTube. In the like the feed, I'm not subscribed to this thing at all, but there it is on the side, based on probably what I've searched on. Who knows? Is this TED Talk? Which I, you know what, I will do. I will link to it. I'm going to link to it in this episode. Okay, I'm writing myself a note right now. Link. It says on the page there. You there. That's proof. There's a video, a TED Talk by a guy named Cal Newport. He's a PhD from MIT. He works at uh, Georgetown University. He's a professor, professor. And he writes a book called Deep Work. And here he is at the 13 minute and 50 second TED Talk. And I go, yeah, all right. And it's like why you should quit social media. That's the thing. And I go, I got to watch this, right? So he has this very good TED Talk about this. I, wrote, I bought his book right away. And I was like, I need to see like where this is. So that this is framed well for me. If there's anything that a small stepper knows how to do really well is we don't just buy in. We say, okay, that good information. Okay, that's good information. How do I shape it for me in terms of what I want to do and how I want to work and et cetera, et cetera. I'm not quitting social media. I'm not dropping out. But I had found myself decreasing the amount of time significantly since I started this book and trying to really grapple with the frustration of like not being able to hold focus for any substantial amount of time, it was actually scaring me. It was like, am I losing this ability? And in this TED Talk, he says that this is a very, this isn't fake. This is actual neural brain cell damage that is happening as we become fragmented in our attention as we go from here to there and this to that to that we're all over the place all the time we're losing in a very physical way the ability to what he calls to to perform deep work which is to get deep on something savings grace guys is has been this podcast savings grace has been my youtube like stuff that i get into when i do the podcast i th- i think for long periods of time of taking notes and how I'm going to craft this and what I want to talk about and deep onto that. I think that's the thing that sort of saved me from just going over the abyss in terms of maybe my inclinations to this kind of stuff. I don't know, but the YouTube channel, like having to get deep every week to say, okay, what am I going to talk about? Like, what do I want to talk about? And, and crafting that out in my brain and being able to handle that. But here was the book, which is a lot longer of a process. I think you can, you can, uh, admit than a podcast or a YouTube channel, at least, you know, per episode. A book is you start it and you write the same book for whatever that is, four months, four months, five months, or longer, way longer for some people. Podcast, I, I craft one, I, I, I record one, three, four hours a week, and it's then I'm on to the next one. But with a book, it was really hard because I found myself doing this. So in this sort of love-hate kind of thing with social media, um, I watched that video and I'm reading his book and it's very, I it would just, I highly recommend it. I love to have him on. I'm not even exactly sure. I, can't, I don't even know. If, I can't find him on Facebook, um, but I, I may want to have him on. H- how this relates to health and happiness hopefully is pretty clear. 
that that the that the key for me, and this is what I talked about last week, is like it's mostly about philosophy. Health and happiness are mostly about thinking about concepts, about ideas. We get distracted by the diets and by the training plans, but really what we're talking about is this thinking, this consideration of our lives, this contemplation of our lives. And furthermore, the tools that people need, the least people I work with and the people that listen to this podcast and watch my YouTube channel, the tools that you guys need and I need to to find time to think and contemplate and assess. More on assess later because this is the subject of this episode. Boom. But that's what that is. So here I am reading this book and trying not to make that in and of itself a distraction, but I am reading it, really enjoying it. And I'm slowly just not posting. I have somebody helping me who posts some things now and then, but I'm like, I've, I have got to focus on my book. I've got to, I, I want to, okay? This weekend, best writing yet best, not the quality. I mean, I think it was fine. I'll go back and edit it later, but I got actual work. Even Lisa was like, wow, you buckled down. I was like, unbelievable. It came almost effortlessly just by the thought that I've been giving to this problem, this situation that I wanted to fix. And it's, I had the best weekend yet. I wrote for like three hours straight, virtually no, I mean, my kids would come up and say something to me and I would talk to them for a couple of seconds, but no email checking, no social media checking, no YouTube checking, nothing. Just sat and write and just wrote and wrote and wrote. In conjunction with that, uh, just getting back into this thing like, I just got to get it out. I'll edit it later. And so there was a confluence of events there. It was like, I'm setting a timer of three hours. I'm going to see if I can actually do this once and for all. Once I got in the swing of things, it just was happening. I was in the zone. It was great. And I'm writing like, let me just get it out there. And if I overuse something here and there, I'll catch it on the, on the, on the rebound. I'll figure it out. So two things at play here, you guys. One is focus quantity. In other words, how how long can you focus? Two, focus quality. And the focus quality is very interesting because it's something I've been thinking about and, and I've mentioned probably a thousand times on this podcast, but he actually brings it up in this book. And that's why I just think it was like this perfectly timely thing, which is that the reason I am a small stepper, the reason I crafted what I craft is because the small steps that I advise on and work with are positive in their nature. They are rarely, if ever, th steps of things not to do. And instead, almost 100%, if not 100% of things to do. I've had clients say, well, I I want, I, I don't want to do as much. I had a client one time who's like, I don't want to do as much Facebook. Like, I want to do less Facebook. This is just coincidentally, this actually happened. And so instead of saying, you know, five minutes less Facebook per hour, I said, let's craft it into what you're going to do. And then it turned into five minutes of walking outside every hour. See the shift? The shift is not restriction, can't do, shouldn't do. It's what am I going to do? That's a focus. That is a focus issue. And that to me is so part and parcel to the success of living well in this in this world. It is so much about how successful you are is by what you focus on. Our and I talked about this in the in the other video that I did, which is called um uh what do I think? I I can't remember. I don't know the one I just posted today. <laughs> so I'm losing my freaking mind, which is called I focus on this. 
Um, since last week, there's been three videos that have come up. Okay, so just that's three. That's a lot of stuff. How am I supposed to keep that straight? Um, and it's about that. It's like when you add things in, and I'm 100% in the corner of an ad, as an add-in uh, practitioner. I'm just like, add that in. Add, well, what about this? Shouldn't I? I should probably not do that. I go, we'll talk about that later. In the meantime, bring in this, bring in that, bring in that, bring in that, bring in that. And it's a shift in focus. And what it does is not only do you recognize the things that you're doing, because you are, and it's amazing and incredible, it can actually make you happier when you focus on positive versus negative. There's positive and negative out there. I talked about in the video. There's positive and negative out there. That's for sure. It's there. But what you choose to focus on is up to you. And, and, and more importantly, in your power. It's we are, you know, our defenses get worn down. We're exhausted at the end of the day. And we see sometimes because we're just so tired and, you know, like I said, just, just beaten down in those situations. Oftentimes we will focus on the bad. We'll focus on this negative stuff in our lives. We'll be like, oh, this sucks. And this sucks. And this sucks. But over time with a nice practice, with a nice moments with a nice focus on moments, right? There's the word focus again with these little like, let me grab one here. Let me grab one here. I'm at the bank 20 minutes for 15 minutes, five minutes. Let me think about what I did for myself today. Let me think about how I want to live my life. Let me think about what I want to do. Bad things are going to happen. And I've talked about this before. Sometimes bad things turn out to be really good things, but we need some space before we can figure that out, right? You have a heart attack. How many people have you known like have a heart attack and they later describe it's like best thing that ever happened to me, got me off my ass. I exercised. I feel better than I've ever felt. I needed that thing to get me past it, right? Well, there's those kinds of moments in our lives all the time. And, and we as small steppers can get better with the engagement process with this process that I talk about here every week of focusing on the things that are positive and that we're adding in that we are doing. It doesn't make the other stuff go away, but it is a mental shift. You are flooding your brain with action and success and empowerment, flooding it, not maybe hundred percent, but if you can tip the scale to that side, I'm telling you guys, it makes a difference just like you cannot believe. And it's just a focus issue. It's not even a doing more and dieting and getting deep, going crazy on something. It's just like, what if I just look at this stuff? And that just starts the ball rolling. And it's so incredible. Super cool. Right? You agree? Thank you. By the way, my daughter started a YouTube channel. She finally asked, She well, she's been asking. My wife and I were like, okay, we're very hesitant. Talk about social media, like she has, doesn't have a phone yet. We're very hesitant on that. I, I After reading this book, like I'm gonna try to kick that can down the road for a little while longer. Um, I love what this guy says. He's like, everyone goes how necessary it is for your career and how it, you know it's a, it's a value in society to be good at social media. He goes, anything that a 16-year-old can do with a phone in their hand, that's not value. Value comes with people who can get deep into stuff and figure out stuff and still have their creativity intact. And I was like, yeah, I kind of agree with that. And he's younger than I am. Sounds old, right? Doesn't he sound like he's 87? He's not. He's like a young guy. Um, but anyway, so my daughter asked and I said, we, Lisa and I said, okay, YouTube. Why? It's creative. It's her deal. And so she launched a YouTube channel. She's got two videos up there and like 12 subscribers. And I think she's digging it. 
I feel this like urge right when she does it. I'm like, hey, um, if you want to use my camera, she's been using an iPad to like shoot stuff. And I go, what? I've got this nice camera. You can use this. I've got lighting like you should. And she just looks at me like, what? who are what? And I, to my credit, just quickly like saw her facial expression. And I was like, you know what? If you ever want that stuff, you just let me know. But just that you're even making stuff is just awesome. And the thing is, I totally meant it. I mean, that's that is the me. Like, I'm not going to you know what you should do like director like she's got to go through her process and it just reminds me in i've got a hundred and whatever 10 videos on my youtube channel now just looking back at the progression of going through that process and i'm glad in a way that nobody said do it this way this way this way because it wouldn't be me and it was me along the way it was just me getting better along the way at the youtube at the at the videos and i think they're better to me i don't know you may disagree but i i think they've evolved over time because I've evolved over time because I engaged in that process and I couldn't have done that unless I had just started with that first video and then just thrown it out there and then just at some point looked at it and said, I think I want to improve that. Like I feel bored when I watch this section. Like I want to move it around. Like all those little things happen. It wasn't, I didn't copy anybody. I didn't go, I'm going to do it just like that guy. I watched a bunch of YouTube videos and I still do. And that stuff seeps in guaranteed. But not, I don't go, I'm going to try to make this like that. I don't, I just don't do that. And that, so because I don't do that, it takes time. It's the evolution of that process. But I'm very proud of her. And, and, and so she's kind of doing that whole deal. The other like little fun thing to do is, did you guys hear me um, on Thought for Food podcast, Thought for Food Lifestyle? There's two guys, Jason and Aaron, and I have, uh, we did that round table recently on my podcast. We had a little round table. I had them on as guests. I was on their podcast. In the virtual world that we all live in, I never met. I've never met these guys. I've met them on Skype, and and that's it. Skype is when I how I've met them, and you now we talk via email. But one of them, Jackson, is coming out. He's coming. He's on like he left his house and he's 25 and he's traveling the world and he's coming to Northern California and he's coming up and he's gonna stay with me this weekend. So I'm super excited to get to meet somebody in person. That never happens. Which, you know, reminds me, like, if you go to these veg fests, if I'm there, please come say hi. It's, it's, I, it, please, it's, gosh, you know, I live in a small town, so it's kind of cool. Oh, gosh, I, felt, I just sound like I was, oh, my gosh, I mean, come on. Okay, let me get, let me get into the subject of this week's podcast, okay, even though I kind of have been, but let's just do this. I call it uh, Recess and Assess. This is the this I want to talk about this week and I've uh, again revisiting some of these things in in from from yesteryear. Um the 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 back and forth that can occur with self-improvement with and I'll say it I'll say it again even though I'm just like what? I should just play a tape recorder that has me saying this, but this is one of the benefits of small stepping, okay? So more on that in a second. Um this back and forth that happens when we say, "Okay, I'm going to improve my life." And we begin a process, and hopefully we begin a process that doesn't add stress, and hope, hopefully we begin a process that isn't that, that that is long lasting and real and sustainable, right? But at the same time, we can become a little subsumed in that process, such that we don't actually take a a a, a break to just live, to just enjoy the the self improvement. Or the dieting becomes our lives. It, it's not something we just do short term. We, we just. I'm just somebody who diets over and over again. I'm somebody who does quick fixes over, from one thing to another, and that may be really 
not how we want to actually live our lives. The idea of recess and assess is to build into your time, your 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 life times where you stop and just say, "Is this working for me?" A lot of times with with you know people who I talk to or teach, they'll say, "You know, I'm doing this, 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 and this," and my question is, "Is that working for you?" Because a lot of times it's not, and it has it has just been something that they've done long enough where it becomes something that they believe they are. It's just who I am. It's what I do. But it doesn't work for them. It's not working for them. And they are so deep in it that, and this has happened to me too, by the way, but so deep in it that they haven't had a moment a re- to take recess and assess and say, this isn't working for me. And I think part of it is that is a fear that maybe deep down we know that it's not working for us, but we but the idea of like such a gargantuan change or having to give this thing up and then not knowing what the hell to do when we've, we're not doing this thing prevents us from, from assessing, hence the small steps. Because when you take recess and assess and say, okay, uh, is this working for me? And let's say that it's totally not working for you. It doesn't mean that then you have to change it that day. In fact, the opposite. You can still engage in that thing that's not working for you and make moves as a small stepper. And the shift then begins. At that point, you have begun the shift. If it's, I'm eating this way, I have to eat this much protein, is it working for you? well, I've never really thought about it. I've just kind of done this whole thing. But now that I look down at my body, I can hear my body telling me things. I never really was listening, but now I am. I'm holding on to extra weight and I've got high blood pressure and I've got, you know, cholesterol issues and my skin, blah, blah, blah. And I don't have a lot of energy and my joints ache. I guess it's not really working for me, but I love what I eat. I don't want to change it over. Don't. That is the beginning of the famous one stock of celery that begins to upset the balance. It begins the shift. That's where the magic starts. And by the way, ends. I was thinking about this story. I graduated from um, college in 1991, UCLA, and Lisa graduated in 1992. She, she took five years to do what I did in four years. Like, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you ever talk to her, just say, why would you spend a whole nother year in college when Sid managed to get out in four years? Why would you do that? I do, Ask her, please, and tell her that I told you to ask her. She she loves the conversation. Mm. But neither here nor there. I graduated in 91. She graduate, graduates in 92. Riots, LA riots, you guys remember? 1992. I was working at UCLA in the audiovisual department. I was an indie rock musician playing music at night and had, hadn't even started acting yet, like nothing, just 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 doing the thing. And audiovisual, and I was tutoring. I had two jobs, and I was playing gigs at night and the whole thing. The riots happened, and I remember I was at UCLA in a class running a projector for, for a class. That's what audiovisual guys do. And the this all of a sudden, this person walks in the room and goes, this class is now shut down. The campus is shut down. Everybody needs to leave the campus. And I was like, what the hey? And it was the riots that had erupted, the Rodney King thing. And, and I had a motorcycle at the time. I had an old Harley Davidson. And I got on it and just drove out to the coast, which was far as far away as possible. And I had a friend living up in Malibu, a college friend of my sister's. And we just convened on her house and just stayed there for like two days. With I had nothing. I, I didn't pack it. Obviously, I just left the campus. That's an aside. Just I was just remembering it when I remembered this story. Okay, so now back to the mundane. 
So the whole thing, so here Lisa and I are, we get married in 95. I've saved up a little bit of money, luckily because everything had sort of tanked at that time, real estate wise, and we buy this little house that we ended up living in for 10 more years until we sold it to move up here. We bought this little house, it was a crappy little house, thousand square feet, little cute little, I mean, I love it, but it was just what it is. And we immediately start doing work to it. And you know, it needs a lot of work. And so we go, okay, we have a list of stuff, we're gonna do this. And 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 we had, hadn't been in there very long. And my dad, I always remember this, he said, listen, you're gonna wanna enjoy, I've, he's owned houses his whole life. He's you know 30 years older than I am. And he goes, look, enjoy your house. You can improve it and you can do things to improve that house and that's great, but you make sure you take time to actually live in your house. Live in your house. Don't live in a place that you're changing. Live in a house and then take time to change it, but then live there for a while. Then take time to change it, then live there for a while. And we did. And we enjoyed that house and we would do a little thing and then we kind of enjoy it and we just take moments to be like, I, we appreciate it. It was kind of cool. We're this young couple. We actually bought a house. And it was like a ama- I remember the down payment, I swear to you, was $8,500. I had saved that money since I was in college, just putting a little bit of money every month into a savings account. And there was $8,500 buying a house in Los Angeles. It was great. That just doesn't happen anymore. But I remember that and we bought this little crappy little house. It was all broken down and, and we just kind of did the work ourselves and I built my rehearsal personal studio, all this amazing stuff, but then we would live there too. And now, so many years later, 20, I mean, I I was told there'd be no math, so it's hard for me to sort of calculate that without my Casio calculator watch. 20 years odd later, here I am talking about improve your house, but live in your house. And by house, I mean your body, your mind, improve it. It's great. It's how we evolve. I talk about evolution and change and adaptive stress and and doing things that bring us to new heights and new levels and new experiences. It's amazing. But if we are always subsumed with self-improvement and what we should be doing and changing in our lives, maybe we miss out on actually just being with some of the things we've done in the meantime. This is a waffling back and forth between doing and thinking, between self-improvement and living. It's a balance that I don't have an answer for because there's no objective, this is when you do this, you go this many days and then you take a recess and assess for this many days and then you get back into it. But it's worth looking at. It's worth looking at to say, okay, and I'm going to eat really well for a week. I'm going to I'm gonna, and go ahead, even have fun and say, I'm not going to eat so-and-so for a week. I've said it here and I'll say it again. Small stepping and dieting are not mutually exclusive. You can diet. You can go on a diet as a small stepper, but when you do, you go on it in a very different way. You do it because you want to learn from it. It wants You want it to inform your life. You want to potentially lead to to long-term change, but you know what a diet, you know as a small stepper that a diet is not the end-all be-all. You know it's not going to solve your problems, quote unquote. You're going to do it because you go, oh, give that a shot. And at the end of that diet, you're going to assess, what did I think about that? Did I like the food? Was it easy for me? Did I have to push out some social engagements? Now that I know how to eat this way, what can I do starting today that I can do now every day? No problem. Can I continue it just as is or can, should I back off now and just do like a couple meals a week or three or four meals a week of this kind of thing, but, but, but kind of cool. I really experienced it. It's very fun. Very cool. 
I did that with the Wim Hof thing, didn't I? 10 weeks took me 15, but neither here nor there. But did I do the 10 weeks? I don't do it because it's going to solve anything. I do it to learn what it's like. Then I say, okay, how does this fit into my life? Or does it fit into my life? I don't know. And I didn't know until I stopped after the 10 weeks, 15, and said, let me assess this now. Is this a value to me long-term? But you don't get that information unless you freaking stop. If you start a diet, then you think, I got to keep doing this diet, or now I got to try another diet. You miss your life. You're a, you're a life of dieter, and that's just what you do. And that's I don't think that that's what you want to do. I don't know. I can't speak for you. But, I, but I'll bet you it ain't. And, and, and so it's this kind of like, the th- I think that we all, here's what I think. I think that every human being wants to live, live a good life. But what, what does that mean? I, th- I want you to ask yourself, we want to live a good life. To me, that means being happy and being with my family and finding work that I love to do. And if I have to work a job that I don't love to do at some point, I'll just work at other times to find out, to, you know, to be engaged in something that I love. That to me is living a good life. But I don't want to lose that because I think somehow, okay, eventually when I get this, eventually when I get that. Unlike other things that we want, if it's a nice house or if it's a better car or if it's a good job, all those things that we go like, once I get that, then my life will be better. We know that that just doesn't work. But unlike those things, living is a constant. It's a process. It is by definition a process. You don't, I'm, I'm going to do life today. You, you live. And what fills in that life can be times of self-improvement and can be times of, 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 of trials and tribulations and all these kinds of things. And we, by the way, live our lives no matter what. That's just happening. But when we say, I want to live a good life, I, I think, I, th- I want you to really ask yourselves what that means this week. What what does a good life mean to you? Because if you're like, well, then I've got to improve myself so that I can get to the point that I can live a good life, man, you are setting yourself up for some disappointment. But if you can say, let me do a little bit here. Let me eat really, really well for a week. Not because that's going to be enough so-called to do anything, but let me see what that's like. And let me assess that. Is that something? Oh, let me, yeah, didn't really dig that. Let me eat this way now. But but it's not so much, or maybe you do a few meals so that you're still living, living and improving sort of blended together. You're not either one or the other. You're not putting your life on hold so that eventually you can do this thing. I'm going to go to back to school and get my master's degree. And so in the year and a half or two years that I'm doing that, I'm going to do nothing else. I'm just all about the diploma at the end of the master's degree at the expense of my health, at the expense of my happiness, at the expense of my family life. This is the only thing. Once I get that master's, then my life will be better. We know that that doesn't work. We conceptually understand that doesn't work. What works is finding a balance for you that works for you that is a mixture of improving and evolving and changing and learning and growing and living at the same time, doing, noticing back to the focus, focusing on the things that are working and that you are enjoying and family's there and you loving that and you're making little tweaks in certain areas, but you're living too and you're appreciating, you're enjoying and you're thankful and you're, you have all those positive kinds of emotions and there's times that you improve too. It's not all or nothing. It's not now I'm in my improvement phase for four years and then I will be in my living phase. It does not work that way. 
engage in your life, build in awareness such that as you are living your life, you are appreciating the things you are doing, the appreciate you're appreciating the things that you have, and at the same time, you are taking breaks and assessing what is working for you and what is not working for you. And when you find things that aren't working for you, whether that be the food you're eating, the lack of or too much exercise, the relationship that you're in that is painful, but you kind of, you do this thing and you're just whatever, but you take this, you take recess, going on recess. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's not working for me. Do you just stop the relationship? No, you don't. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you realize it's so horrible that you're like, yeah, I got I can't believe I've been in here this long. I'm freaking out of here. Or you go, I got to fix this thing. I got to fix this relationship like I got to fix my body. Like these are things I want to step into to fix, make better for me, for my life, for everybody that I'm involved with. Recess and assess. Well, I don't have time. I just, I'm so bad. I just, I just you know, I got to wait for my four days vacation where I can sit, you know, in, in Lotus. And then, then I can assess my life. Don't. Yeah, sorry, you can do that, but that ain't nearly going to be enough. You want to see the magic of small stepping? Start paying attention to moments. This week, don't do anything different. Just look at your day-to-day and say, I could probably do something there. I could probably do something there. I can probably do something there. If there's some of you, some of, if there's somebody out there listening to this podcast who does that and cannot find a single moment to contemplate and by moment, let's just say, I'll set it, 30 seconds, a mi- let's say a minute, a minute, okay? If there's somebody, a podcast listener, who cannot find a minute of any day, and, and I, I'm sorry to get scatological, but you're sitting on a toilet and just, you are bit, you've got people asking you questions while you're going to the bathroom, then you email me and go sit, good, good exercise, but you know what? I did, I did not have a single minute, not a minute at all. Not before I went to bed. I had somebody just jumping on my head. I laid down and somebody was jumping on my head until I woke up at 6 a.m. And when I woke up at 6 a.m., somebody put a frying pan on my face. I is, is, has been non, I have not had a single one minute and to which I would respond. And yet you freaking emailed me. You had a moment because you emailed me. Boom. Winner. Still champion. Checkmate. Sid wins this round. Approaching the natural podcast. Coming to a close, you guys. I'm coming, I'm coming out on a high note. I mean, that was huge. Did you see how I crescendoed there? Do you see how I crescendoed there? In reality, I am closing it down today. I'm signing off, you guys. You guys did great. You did great. You survived the this. You survived. I want people to not say I enjoyed the podcast. I want them to say I survived the podcast. Have you guys heard the approach to natural podcast? Yeah, I survived that thing. I survived it. You guys are doing great. Shoot me an email. Uh, and if you have any questions, podcast at SidGarzaHillman.com. I'm going to be chilling with Jackson of Thought for Food this weekend. Going on a, a trail run or two, I think. He said we could go biking. I go biking. What do you? What do I? What am I, 10? I don't bike. Um, but trail run, sure. And uh, yeah, so that'll be good. I'll report to you about how that was. We'll probably put up a couple videos of, of things that we do. And um, that's it. I will be back here next week with episode number 181. Can you believe it? I can't. Next week. You guys are awesome. Take care of yourselves. Look, look at your lives. And I'll bet you, 
you can find some moments. I'll bet you go, I didn't realize I could eke out a moment there where I was standing in line at the grocery store and just hanging out. What if I thought about something about take a, a moment to assess and say, is there something not working for me here? Am I feeling okay physically? Weird. I probably should have asked myself this a while ago. Okay, now I can change. Now, if I want to, I can make moves. How awesome and empowering and amazing. And you guys are kicking ass. Okay, you're just kicking, all of you, kicking ass. I'll be here next week, you guys. In the meantime, do me a favor, will you? Really? Good? Okay? Be well. I can run. You can run. Seems we are both tied down Got rent in a car Did you ever think this? Seems I'm always finding the shade To walk in it And it wraps around me Like you single dreams single ways to do things you know the world is not that cold it's just the world that I'm wearing also the darkness does not follow me though sometimes I can feel it in my grip feels like a big black army blanket that fails to warm me around me like you used to